Welcome to Power Yourself, where I talk about the most important topic in the world, you. The first topic that I'm really going to dive on into for this season, it's actually based on one of my sister's recommendations. So she led me to a book called The Yamas and Niyamas, Exploring Yoga's Ethical Practice. And the book is actually done by a lady named Deborah Adele. Okay, so Yamas and Niyamas. It's noted as being a spiritual guideline to the practice of yoga. So it's basically taking the yoga philosophy and turning it into a how to live, how to take what we do on the mat and live it throughout our daily practice. This book is broken into two sections. Half of the book is Yamas and half of the book is Niyamas. So there's 10 chapters in total. And my goal over this season is to address all of those chapters. So I'm not going to do it all in a row. Don't worry about that. I'm going to break it up with a lot more material um, throughout the season. But what I want to do is I want to touch on each of these 10 chapters. Now, some of the chapters will have their own dedicated episode. And then who knows, maybe some of the other chapters I might combine to make an episode. But my goal is to scatter this information throughout the whole season. The reason I'm scattering these episodes throughout the season is because I feel this book is something that should be taken in more slowly than most books, okay? So some good books you binge and you you finish in a weekend, but I feel this book is an opportunity to read a chapter, pause, take a break, take stock, look at maybe what you think really of it, what's standing out for you, what's resonating for you, take stock in your actions, maybe questioning yourself, asking yourself, maybe questions related to each of the topics to really make sure you're showing up with that intention and actions the way you actually want to be showing up as in the world. So I feel it's a great opportunity here for self-reflection And I don't feel that should be rushed. So I'm really going to take my time and really go over this material, like I said, throughout the season. Now, the reason I actually chose this book and why I really wanted to do so many episodes and dive so deep in it is because I it really resonated with me, okay? It really spoke a lot of my truths. So a lot of the foundational ways that I choose as an individual to show up and really try to practice and be consistent with, I feel it explained it on a level I've never been able to. And the other thing was, so it, it really resonated in that way, but it also made me think. It made me think a lot. It made me question my definitions of certain words. It made me dig a lot deeper. And it made me have a different perspective than maybe I went in with. So anytime I come across something that really profoundly, it hits me, it connects with me, or it makes me question maybe the way I'm showing up, I really do my best to promote it in any way I can, okay? So the goal always in mind is maybe it's going to be 
a tool that somebody else can use. And maybe it's going to make you question some of the stuff you do, or maybe make you really appreciate some of the actions you do. But nonetheless, I really feel it's a book that sparks that reflection piece. So like I said, if this could be used as a tool for anybody else, it definitely allows me to justify why I'm going to take up so many of the episodes and really go over the content. So really hoping that each of the topics maybe you get something out of or maybe just one stands out for you. But the topics that we will go into, so the first five we'll base on is the yamas and that's Sanskrit for restraints. So yama is basically we're looking at it as their restraints. And Deborah Adele talks about five of those. Okay, so she talks about five restraints that we we need to really look at and need to take stock and question and just acknowledge how we're showing up as in the world. So those first five, it's going to be nonviolence is going to be one, truthfulness, not stealing, non-excess, and non-possessiveness. But today, for part one of this series, we're going to go into the non-violence piece. So it was really interesting for me, especially on this chapter. I felt I had a really good understanding of what non-violence was. So obviously, I don't do harm to other people. So I felt pretty solid going in this one. And yet... When I read it, it really stopped me in my own tracks because this whole nonviolence piece, it looks at violence to ourselves, so the internal process, and as well um, to other people, but not just in that physical aspect that I was maybe thinking, also in that psychological sense. So internally, are we hurting ourselves and are we actually maybe triggering something or hurting other people in that aspect as well. One of the quotes in the book, it says, our ability to be nonviolent with others directly relates to be nonviolent within ourselves. So really looking at how we treat ourselves on that individual level is intentionally or not actually how we're going to start to treat people in our interactions, in our behaviors. So whether we might think that we're maybe not so kind to ourselves, but we're great with other people, this book really kind of questions and it kind of makes you think, are you? Even if you think you are being really kind to other people, if you're not kind to yourself, then maybe we kind of have to take that step back and look at why we're not being so kind to ourselves and what kind of chaos or violence that actually might be creating in our own world. So I thought that was pretty cool. In each of the chapters, there's a whole bunch of key words that really try to allow uh, a description, a really good definition of the specific chapter. So for nonviolence, some of the words used were courage, balance, powerlessness, and self-love. And then I think the last one that I'll touch on is help versus support. So just some of the key ones that really kind of allow us to walk away with maybe a wider definition or a wider view or a wider lens 
of what nonviolence is. So in the aspect of courage, they really kind of looked at having fear and doing it anyway. Because when we don't, when we have that fear and we allow it to last within us, maybe maybe we're afraid to do something, maybe we're holding out, maybe we're afraid to interact with somebody. I don't know, it could be on so many different levels. But basically having that fear, it creates harm and a violence within ourselves. So one of the aspects of being nonviolent and practicing nonviolence was having that fear that's normal, that's okay, but choosing to do things anyway. So that's why that courage piece jumps in there. So fear is not something that we can avoid, we can uh, push down, or we can try to pretend it doesn't exist. But fear is natural, okay? It's a natural instinct that pops up for us. So for nonviolence, it's not about saying that it we're not supposed to have fear. It's about looking at fear is natural. Fear is something that happens. And what do you do with that fear? Do you allow it to be a barrier? Do you allow it to withhold you from certain actions or behaviors or achievements? Or do you allow it to be there, exist, and choose to really lean into our courage show up and do what we want or do what we really feel we want to do anyway, even with that fear still existing. So really practicing that use of courage, almost pushing ourselves, questioning ourselves, why are we so scared? And a really good thing is questioning ourselves in the lens of why are we so scared? And is this fear serving us? Is it serving us well? Is it serving us to be a better person, to strive to do better? Or is it actually withholding us from maybe achieving bigger things or finding our truer selves, maybe having the courage to tap into and try those actions or behaviors that maybe you've been longing to do? Instead of allowing that fear to really manifest and stick and be a constant feeling in your life. So the next one that came up was balance. So really talking about that silence, that space, basically that inner peace within us. So it really connected nonviolence to balance. Are you quieting your mind? Are you listening to yourself? Are you taking that time to reflect and hear your inner thoughts? You know, that inner wisdom that is deep within all of us. I find some of the time we get so caught up in that rat race that exists around us, that craziness of life. I feel a lot of the time a common struggle is spreading ourselves too thin, trying to fit in too much. So this book, and particularly the chapter on nonviolence, it's really, it's really asking you the questions of, are you allowing space in your life? Are you allowing yourself to 
to be quiet and to honor yourself and take time. Asking you questions like, what is your balance? Do you, do you know what that is for you? Do you know what fits for you? Do you know what makes you feel balanced? And are you taking the time to figure that stuff out? So basically, looking at, are you going internal in a way? Are you allowing yourself to reflect and hear the thoughts in your mind instead of having to be busy, 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 busy? Because I find when we're really busy, sometimes we miss the whole experience. So really ringing through and kind of noting here, the connection to nonviolence and to having balance within your life, that quietness. It's not about pleasing everybody. It's about, are you taking time for you? And I don't feel that's something that's going to be done overnight either. So I don't want to give any wrong expectations here. Balance, I feel it's something we continually check in with and see if it serves us and fits for us. And no one's going to be able to answer that but ourselves. But I think the question just becomes, are you taking the time to check in? Are you taking the time to sit with yourself and be with yourself to know what that balance is for you? Because sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in everything that's around us. So almost looking at that balance as a way that we can practice that nonviolence, definitely on that internal level. But think about it. When people you meet are balanced, how do they come across to you? Are they maybe more relaxed? Are they more, in a way, in control of their actions? They're not as frantic. They're not as reactive. So a way, once again, to create create or spark that nonviolence within our society is are you controlling your balance? Are you checking in and finding out what that balance is for yourself? Another one that was mentioned was the powerlessness. So that feeling of powerless, they talk about how it really leads to frustration, anger. Think about it. When you feel like you're absolutely ran out of options, you have nowhere to go, you have no way to move forward, that feeling of powerlessness, it just makes you feel stuck. It makes you feel lost in a way. So it asks when we're feeling that powerlessness that, guys, we can all connect with, we all understand. But it's about choosing to to acknowledge that we're feeling it. And then, once again, practicing that taking this step back looking at maybe past events in our lives that we've gotten through, all of the maybe monumental things in the past or the really hard things that you look back on that maybe in that moment you didn't have a clue that you'd be able to get through it to the level that you did, but you did. And so it's about looking back at those things that you've gotten through in your life and allowing that to give you confidence and traction and in a way, gratitude that you do have the skills. You do have the ability to be able to get through. So the powerlessness ones really connect with the, the story. And we talk a lot of, 
about a lot of this information in multiple episodes. But like I said, this book really kind of pieced it together. And for powerlessness, it really talked about what's the story you're telling yourself? Are you allowing it to be maybe an opportunity for growth? Maybe if you're stuck, maybe if things didn't go the way you had planned or the experience it wasn't exactly what you thought it would be, or maybe the result wasn't. Are you looking at it as a failure? Are you looking at it as an opportunity? Maybe an opportunity to find out things about yourself that you probably never would have. So when we feel stuck, what do you do with that? What do you do as an individual when you feel stuck, when you feel cornered? Think about how you might act out in that frustration or anger or sadness or retreat. But if we can kind of tap into that power, realize what we're feeling, take that step back and maybe look at options or look at past events and see that we actually have more capability and ability than we probably realize we do. So it's about tapping into that potential, realizing that you have gotten through things in the past that weren't easy, and you're going to get through a whole bunch more. The crazy thing is that story that we tell ourselves allows us to get through it, to get through those events, to get through that obstacle, maybe harshly frustrated, anxiety-ridden, um, toast, just exhausted, or we can start checking ourselves. What is that story saying? Is that supporting me? Is that benefiting me? And how might I take control of that? Or maybe it's not controlling it right away. I always think the first step towards um, really taking that control is, first of all, acknowledging it So when you feel that powerlessness, maybe start looking at what's the story that's popping up for you? What's the the self-talk that's happening for you? And start there. And then looking at, is this serving me? Or maybe, how do I learn to adjust this? How do I learn to maybe take more control of it or start to incorporate maybe better habits to help me really not get stuck in that powerlessness and not get stuck in that frustration or angry or feel that I have no more options to look at and allow us to really go back on that gratitude of what can I do well? What can I do right now that's going to get me through to tomorrow? What can I do right in this moment that's going to get me through to the next moment? And really start to, in a way I feel, That self-talk can help you build your confidence, makes you feel and tap into that potential and power that I truly believe in my core that each of us have. We just maybe lose the ability or lose the confidence in ourselves. So really taking stock there and seeing, I think, like I said, the first step being What's the story I'm telling myself when I'm stuck in these situations? And then it becomes really easy to relate that back to the nonviolence piece 
Because if you're allowing that chaos and that lack of confidence to really be at your core and really be your world, then just imagine for a second what that's going to create around you. I'm stuck. I can't get out of this. This is horrible. This is never going to, I'm never, it's never going to get better. It's only going to get worse. And so think about how that's going to impact not only your own mood, okay, which is a big thing. It's going to impact your actions, maybe how you show up in your interactions, maybe how you show up and interact with yourself. So really looking at that self-talk as once again, one of the recipes to really practicing that non-violence within our interactions with ourselves and our interactions with other people. Another big word that popped up here for the chapter within nonviolence was self-love. Now, if you've ever listened to another episode of my podcast, you get that self-love is a big thing that I really, I just try to talk about, I try to promote, I try to uh, allow maybe you to question yourselves or create that space for you to question yourselves, because I feel it is foundational. It's foundational to that happier life, to that peace, to that that feeling of joy and the ability I feel to really be able to love on deeper levels that prior to me loving myself, it sounds cheesy, but honestly, I I couldn't even fathom it being that way. So we look at now how self-love is actually related to the nonviolence. So the book talks about how we treat ourselves is actually lined up with how we treat other people. So if we have those high standards for ourselves and we start to feel that maybe we're not good enough, then maybe what we're not realizing is we might be being that harsh and demanding with other people in our life. So it's about looking at how you judge yourself. How do you act with yourself? How do you treat yourself when you make a mistake? So think about that for a sec. When you make that mistake or you stumble or you do something wrong, what goes on in your head? Do you practice forgiveness with yourself? Are you gentle with yourself? Do you laugh at yourself maybe sometimes? Or do you get really critical? Do you really get hard on yourself? And so what this book is mentioning in the chapter is we might think we're really good with other people. But if we're not practicing this self-love, this forgiveness, this presence, this non-judgment with ourselves, then the likelihood is that's likely going to start showing up in our actions with other people. So just think about it in a second. If you can't forgive yourself when you make a mistake, So maybe you didn't do something the way you intended to do it or you said something wrong and you really come down hard on yourself. Think about it for a second. How are you reacting when other people make mistakes? Do you have crazy high expectations for other people? And I would ask you, how many people are filling those expectations? Big thing is, is we're all humans. I think... You know, I mentioned it a whole bunch, but the human experience is 
we are going to make mistakes. And guess what? We're going to even make a whole bunch more on top of that. That's part of it. So it becomes how do we treat ourselves? How do we treat other people when we make those mistakes, when we make that stumble? And the more we can practice looking at ourselves and being gentle and being forgiving and not beating ourselves up, the chapter really talks about that practice of nonviolence within yourself helps you to actually practice that with other people, with your interactions more. It allows you to be more forgiving. People sense it because you're acting that way to yourself. And then you start to incorporate those actions more and more in your interactions with actually other people. Another big thing that it goes on with the self-love in relation to the nonviolence is it talks about when we don't love ourselves, when we don't, we're not satisfied, when we're not truly in love with ourselves, we actually start to focus on other people. And we start to focus on their actions and how they're showing up in the world. And if we're not careful, we actually start to try to fix other people and how they're showing up. We get fixated on knowing how to help them help themselves. And maybe we might get caught up there. We might get caught up telling other people how to act instead of the really hard practice of looking in the mirror and noticing, wait a second, how am I acting right now? How am I showing up? Because a really good practice is when we start focusing all that attention on other people is to stop. Think, why am I focusing on them right now? What's happening? Are we hiding? Are we telling ourselves maybe um, something about them so it's a distraction from actually helping ourselves? So it was interesting because they talk about nonviolence in our interactions with other people. So instead of fixating on their lives and how they should be acting, the nonviolence, and this is one of the main pieces that I loved, it really looked at wait a second, do I have faith and trust in the other people to be able to find their own solutions, to be able to find their way? Because think about it. When you struggled, when you stumbled, big um, maybe sections in your life, and maybe people gave you great advice, maybe you didn't take it because maybe you had to go through it yourself. Well, that's pretty similar for most people. It's great, don't get me wrong, when we can learn from other people, but when we have to learn it for ourselves, we don't want people on the outside judging how we're handling that. We want people supporting us on the outside, maybe encouraging us, maybe empathizing, maybe relating to obstacles they've come up against in their life. And just helping us navigate our own way because nobody's path is going to be exactly the same. So, and the reason or another thing that really stood out for me, like I said, was was looking at that nonviolence as, do I have faith and trust 
in that person to find the answers themselves. Because when we don't, that's when we start to push our actions or our advice on other people. So the quote I wrote down here is, we can't save people or fix them. All we can do is model and that points the finger back at us. Which really branches off to the help versus support. So help in the book, it really relates to I'm one-upping somebody. I'm showing them how they should make their choices, what the right answer should be, even though I'm not in their situation and I can never exactly know what their situation is. So help in this aspect is, is really frowned upon and it's looked at, is there a way that we can support each other? So not tell each other how to fix your life. Maybe just give... Um, advice of what you did in that situation. And remember, it's never going to be the exact same for other people. So just being able to be there with them as they go through it and encourage them that they can get through it and maybe talk out ways that they can go through it, which makes me go back to a piece of my job. So we look at coaching questions. How do we coach leaders? How do we coach employees to get their answers to find a solution. And it's never one person telling somebody else how to do it. It's about asking the right questions and helping that individual look inwards because we have the answers. We just might not know exactly how to go about doing it. So when you can ask the right questions and really support them of where they are in that moment, you help hopefully encourage a different way of thinking. You help hopefully encourage an environment where they or us in that situation start to feel more in control. We start to feel that confidence that we can progress. We can make a change. We can get through this. We don't have to be told exactly how to do it by somebody else. So in a way, really lining up again with the next one, which is compassion. So the acts of kindness, are we choosing compassion instead of judgment? So when somebody makes that mistake or when we're viewing somebody's life and we view something that they've done as a mistake and how they should write it, then what is that saying? Because usually it has nothing to do about that person. I think it's in those opportune moments that we really get out the mirror and ask ourselves, what's happening for us here? Why do we feel that we need to take control of somebody else's life? Think of your biggest mistakes, guys. You know, I I could list a bunch of mine. We all have them. And they don't necessarily have to be mistakes because I know for me, it sounds ridiculous, but I wouldn't change not one of them because each of my mistakes have allowed me to learn something very important about myself. Crazy thing is sometimes I had to learn it a couple of times, right? Like most people. But when we learn that piece of ourselves, when we go through that mistakes, 
we start to understand who we are. We maybe start to understand our values a bit more. We understand what's right for us and what's not. And that's not something somebody else can give us. So just in a note here, how are you reacting when people make mistakes around you? Are you supporting them? Are you encouraging them to find those answers within themselves? Or are we dictating how people should be acting based on how we view the situation? Now, that was one of the areas that really stuck out for me. So I don't know how many people can relate here, but a lot of the time I I get caught up. So I'm really good with people not in my inner circle. So I'm great at work. I'm great at coaching. I'm great at encouraging people uh, who I don't have that close connection with. And my line gets blurred the closer you are to me. So here's what I mean by that. I feel a certain attachment or a certain, maybe I should be doing more. I could be helping more. What else could I be doing to help them? Because I'm, I'm very lucky in my life and I know I've created my life. Don't get me wrong. I've put in many blood, sweat and tears to get the results that I get. And it's like anybody, we have our good days and our bad. But in the majority, I feel very privileged to how my life is laid out. And I, I truthfully want that for everybody and I feel when people are closer to me, I find it hard. I find it really hard to see the struggle. And I just, I, I really, I just want to help them get through. And I want, I want everybody to feel what I know is possible for everybody to feel. And I get really passionate about that. So my area here that allowed me to kind of really take that step back is, whoa, Jill, it's not about me right now. It's about how can I support them best as they find their way through? Because they're the only way that knows their unique way through. And so maybe it's not about telling people how to do it. It's really almost taking a a note from my my professional life instead and how can I encourage those conversations so that people get to find their own path because nobody has all the answers and definitely nobody has anybody else's answers. So for me in this particular section, I, I I really took a step back and I started to analyze how am I treating the people closest to me? Am I maybe trying to push in a certain direction when maybe people aren't ready for it? Or better yet, maybe it's not their way and that's okay. So I don't know if you guys can relate to that. But for me, it was a big takeaway. And really looking at that nonviolence piece is it's not about creating that violence in the relationship or within ourselves or within each other. It's about supporting each other. It's about encouraging and allowing each other to find 
our own unique way. And how are we doing that for each other? So just an opportunity, guys, to sit back, take it in for a second. How are you helping other people when maybe they're struggling? Are you jumping in to help and maybe show them exactly what they should be doing? Or are you, maybe as the book says, are you supporting them through it? Are you encouraging them? Are you hopefully encouraging them to find those answers and that confidence within themselves? Nobody needs a superhero to come save them. That's a crazy thing. We all can be that superhero for ourselves. So it's are we supporting each other and holding space so that we can realize that for ourselves? After that nonviolence chapter for me, it really made me look at nonviolence, not just on that society, that physical, am I being violent towards people or myself? It allowed me that psychological lens as well. Am I being nonviolent also on a soul level within myself? Am I creating chaos? Or am I balanced and compassionate and self-loving inner? And now am, are my actions being that for other people? And am I promoting the nonviolence on that society level in that psychological way? Am I being more compassionate and practicing those I want to see or those things I want to see in our culture? Am I practicing it internally to myself or with myself and in my interactions with other people. So this chapter really allowed me to redefine my definition, like I said, of nonviolence. It's not just focusing on my actions towards people and myself, but now expanding it to look at things like a lack of self-balance. What am I doing with my time and my energy you know, I like to believe I have a good balance and am I spreading myself too thin? So really checking there, how am I getting my energy? Do I know how I get my energy? Am I doing those things for myself? That powerlessness in a situation, am I getting consumed with it? Am I getting consumed with being stuck? Or am I maybe relying on my past experiences to build that confidence in myself that I can get through those situations? Once again, fear. Am I allowing fear to really create that chaos with inside me? Or am I tapping into the courage, having the fear and still showing up and pushing through, really showing the courage? And the big one, the one that I, I think really made me take a lot more stock in this chapter was that worry. How am I with worry with other people? Do I worry about how people or how they're acting, how what the results they're getting in their life? Because worry, it's not good. It's, it's just one of those toxic feelings that it's not creating that balance and that nonviolence lifestyle. So when I'm creating that worry about other people, it's the remembering. How can I support them, allow them to go through their own journey 
and not not dictate how they should go through that journey or not give a list of things that they need to do to help get them unstuck. Getting stuck, I think, is one of our biggest, can be, sorry, one of our biggest life lessons because having the ability to get ourselves unstuck, I think, is one of the biggest confidence builders we can do. And once we've done that, and we can repetitively look back and realize we've done that for ourselves, I feel that it creates a confidence and a, a love within ourselves that we start to trust in ourselves a little bit more. And maybe that shows up in our actions and interactions with each other. A big thing about a lot of this work is it's not... Um, it's not something that's just achieved. You put the effort in, it's achieved, and it's all good. <laughs> it's something that's continuous, and it needs to be consistent. And we need to consciously show up and put that effort in and hold ourselves accountable and really choose how we want to show up and how we want to practice. Just in regards to just think about it, this whole episode was supposed to be, it's surrounded with that non-violence kind of approach. So just really looking at yourself right now as an individual, nobody else, just everybody get up a mirror and look at yourself. Nonviolence. How is my actions internally lining up with that? And then the nonviolence with other people and my relationships and my interactions. How am I showing up in regards to that nonviolence with other people? Cool thing about one of the many cool things I would say about this book is at the end of each chapter, it has questions for reflections. So things that allow you to question yourself or take stock or allow deeper reflection. So I'm going to make sure I read those off for each of the topics that we cover. So for the nonviolence, I have four of them, I think. So the four that uh, I'm going to mention here today. So the first one being practice courage. Doing one thing daily that you wouldn't do. Something that maybe scares you and gets you excited about the fact that you're going to do it anyway. Try and see to acknowledge the difference between fear and maybe just the unknown. I think that's a great practice. So really tapping in to that courage and really pushing through that natural feeling of fear. Okay. Next one. Next question is guard your balance as if it's the most important thing in the world. Listen to your body. Do you need more sleep? Do you need more exercise, food, prayer, reflection? What is it? Explore whatever that balance needs to be for you. Take time, reflect, and then create it for yourself. Another, watch where you're running interference in other people's lives. Are you a fixer? Like I said, I know I am, especially with closer people to me. But really looking at, are you a fixer with other people? Look at what you might be avoiding in your own life 
to be focused or deflecting on somebody else's life. Oh, it's a big one. So maybe the practice, that uh, reaction, it, once you notice that you're starting to analyze somebody else's life, put up that mirror. Why am I deflecting from myself right now? What's up? And guys, I get it. It's hard. Because if you're anything like me, I just want everybody to to reach their potential, which I know everybody has so much potential and we don't realize it. And I always maybe get on the the soapbox, as I say, about I just want everybody to tap into their happiness. And I think a big thing that I need to remind myself, especially with regards to this question, is am I allowing them to do it on their time and not mine? So just something else to add to that. Last one, last question. Pretend you are complete. No need to be more than exactly what you are. Look at the kindness and compassion you show for yourself during this time. Interesting. So instead of beating yourself up, maybe of where you should be or what you could have did is really taking stock and being kind and compassionate with yourself and just pretending you are everything that you need to be. Because in reality, you are. You're everything you need to be in the moment that you're being it. And we evolve and we grow and we change. But in that moment, you are completely perfect where you need to be. So bringing more and more peace, hopefully is what this does, bringing more and more peace inside you, which allows you to project that nonviolence more and more outside of yourself. And that's going to be a wrap on this particular episode of nonviolence. So guys, I always talk about self-work. I feel that's actually what the podcast relates on is the self-work, the self-love, the creating your balance, the finding your way. So maybe that's why this book really stood out for me. I just felt it aligned with what I truly believe in in a core. And I find all of this self-work that we need to do for ourselves so nobody ever can do it for us is foundational to that happier life that everybody seeks. And that's basically in a nutshell why I do this podcast. I see it as an opportunity to maybe talk about things that have worked for me, things that have worked for other people, things that have not worked for me, things that have failed with myself or with other people. And hopefully that allows us to create this culture where people can learn some tools, encourage each other to use some tools, support each other to use some tools to help create that happier life that everybody, that we all seek. So really trying to promote each other and myself continuously to strive for that happiness and keep practicing those things that work. 
So guys, as always, I really appreciate you tuning in. Never, ever hesitate reaching out. I absolutely love it when people reach out and get in contact. If there's something you want to hear, if there's something uh, you would like to have an episode on or you'd like to hear it, just get in touch. I always appreciate and honor your opinion. So good luck to each of you as you continue on your journey. Never forget that this is your journey as an individual. So it's about finding out what fuels you, what makes you happy, and then choosing to power yourself. <laughs>